Welcome to the Apologia Podcast, the audio-only archive of the Apologia YouTube channel. Note that some content was designed to go with visuals, but the imagination can be a powerful thing. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it a 5-star rating on the podcast app you're using now to help us reach more people. Or, since this endeavor is ad-free, consider going a step further and supporting us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash apologia. But for now, let's get to the episode. Part of the Just a Bite series, posted May 21st, 2021, titled, If You're Still a Virgin, You Must See This, featuring Liz LaPointe. This piece of sellotape represents your sexual intimacy with another human being. On what planet does that make sense? Do you suppose Joe chose sellotape because he views sexual intimacy as entirely one-sided? Welcome to Apologia, where a former Christian takes a look at the claims of Christians. Last month, I introduced you to Joe Kirby. With his video, he wanted a million Christians to see. But Joe already has this video that's well past the million mark and vastly more dangerous. If I stick a piece of tape on my arm like this and I leave it alone, it will stay there forever. If you like, it's become one flesh, it's bound, it's stuck there, it's not going anywhere. Watch what happens when I do this. Okay, I'll stick it on another arm. Right, okay, it's stuck down and yeah, it will last for a good amount of time, but not as strong as it was before. So what happens if I do it again? And again, and again. What's going to happen by the sixth, seventh, eighth time? Eventually, this piece of tape will not be able to stick to anything at all. And my dear friends, that is what it is like when you and I give our bodies to other people. He's equating priceless relationship wisdom and sexual experience to collecting useless body hair and becoming less sticky? As if human emotions, experiences, and love are as finite as the usefulness of tape? And I thought purity culture couldn't come up with something worse than the used chewing gum analogy. Purity culture loves to use visual aids like used chewing gum in order to have young people associate pain and disgust with sex. You see, we were designed to be bound with one flesh, with one person for life. There's no evidence we were designed to be bound to one flesh for life. On the contrary, it's human nature to desire novel experiences, be physically attracted to many people throughout our lives, and be able to feel romantic love more than once. Humans are more complex than lovebirds. If you believe a god designed us, he programmed us to be biologically promiscuous, but he expects lifelong monogamy? And the more people we keep going with, the more people we keep giving a piece of our love to, the harder it is to have a lasting relationship. Christianity's oppressive messages about sexuality are the real reason it might be harder to have a lasting relationship if you've had other partners before marriage. When you raise people to associate sex with pain, disgust, and the possibility of eternal hellfire, have rigid expectations about gender roles and married life, and no sexual experience, that's going to cause issues where there normally wouldn't be any. For example, if you're a man who's just discovered your wife had sex before your wedding night with her ex-boyfriend, and now you see her as used chewing gum, that might lead to divorce court. Plus, the insidiousness of religious sexual oppression can cause severe sexual repression wherein it becomes extremely difficult to relax and become a sexual person now that you're allowed to be. And according to the Guttmacher Institute, 
teens who take virginity pledges are not less likely to have premarital sex and are more likely to not use contraception when they do. Perhaps there's someone watching this now and you feel like this piece of tape, you know, you've made a mess. You've been from person to person to person. Is there any hope for you? Well, actually, yes, there is hope. You see, Jesus Christ can come along and he can be the glue. Now we've gotten to one of the reasons Christianity shames normal, natural human sexual behaviors. You're being set up to fail. So when you do, you'll turn to your church for guidance and forgiveness. Jesus is the reason why you feel like use tape but now he's going to be the glue? In a moment's time, I'm gonna share with you my biggest regret that I've ever made in life. And I'll be honest with you, I am quite scared what some of you are gonna think of me once I open up about this. But if it means that just one person watches this video, learns from my mistake, it'll be worth all of the embarrassment and shame. Mistakes are mistakes. Everyone makes them. But it's a culture that compounds mistakes with embarrassment and shame that elevates these mistakes to the status of something that controls you. This is not healthy. The cover-up is usually more damaging than the act. Being open about mistakes is how we all learn. But before I do that, could I just read to you a verse which very sadly I ignored and I knew about it as a young man. It's from Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 4, and it says, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. So in other words, there's a precious love which lives within your heart. And it's asleep right now. If you're a virgin, that love is asleep right now. But of course... The lust and sexual desire typical of a person in their teens and 20s doesn't in any way feel like something's slumbering or asleep. Quite the contrary. It can be more of a voracious beast on the constant move and ready to pounce in every waking and dreaming moment. Joe here would have you think this is because of a personal failure in checking your eyes and thoughts rather than be a natural part of the reproductive impulses carried in our genes that prompted our ancestors to create offspring. The force of nature that drives salmon upstream, that compels a honeybee to tear off their member in their one chance at copulation, that propels male praying mantises willingly to their cannibalistic deaths. If that drive was dormant until after the first sexual act, there wouldn't be as many sexual acts. Biology demands it, but Christianity brands basic biology as sin. And one day, the Bible says, there is a time to wake it up, but only when you look straight into the eyes of your husband, only the day when you look straight into the eyes of your wife. This is the kind of attitude that causes so many Christians to marry far too young. The first time their heart flutters, they're told that's already the line of no return. But your first attraction? is unlikely to be your best partner. Too many young Christians marry simply so that they can have sex and then are permanently obligated to stay with the object of their initial lust, whether they are actually suitable partners for each other or not. In this attitude, Christians end up elevating the sex act above all other forms of compatibility or communication while pretending to be virtuously doing the opposite while forbidding any test of sexual compatibility. So I did promise you that I would share something quite personal with you right now. So here we go. 
This morning, I looked at my wife, Emma, and I said to her, I'm not sure I can make this video today. I've been watching these videos of other Christian YouTubers, and they've covered this particular topic, but every single one of them protected their virginity. Every single one of them didn't lose it before marriage. After leaving Christianity, I found out the literal dirty secret in my Christian community that many simply hid their sex lives from others in the church because of fear of judgment and disappointment. People I'd never have suspected, including, I'm guessing, more Christian YouTubers than you'd guess. Don't judge yourself against someone else's social media, and definitely don't judge yourself against the purity that someone projects. So here we are, I'm gonna tell you what happened to me. When I was uh, growing up, I really did struggle as a young man, socially, and I was quite awkward and shy, particularly around girls. And all of my friends, they got girlfriends when they were 15, 16 years old. And I was good at sports, so I hung around with them. But I never could, for some reason, get a girlfriend. I'd go on dates with a girl and then she'd end it. I remember once at high school, I kissed a girl on a date. And I walked out into the yard the next morning and this big group of people were just standing around laughing at how bad I was at kissing. So really, basically, I was a loser growing up. That sucks, Joe. I'm sorry. And over the years, I really tried to, to build up confidence because this feeling of, of wanting to be normal, this feeling of wanting to be loved and accepted, it never left me. So then when I went to university, I met someone and she was very beautiful and I, I fell in love. And we did what most couples do in this 21st century. But I remember that night when I lost my virginity. The imagery he chose to represent how he felt after his first sexual experience perfectly illustrates what he's been taught to feel about it. I went into the kitchen and I can remember this like it was yesterday. I fell down onto my knees and I just cried and cried, Lord, what have I done? And it's all I can say is this, this goal, this dream that I was chasing after, like I wanted this more than money or success. I wanted to lose my virginity to the right person. We need to retire the phrase, lost my virginity. When we choose to have consensual sex for the first time, we don't lose anything, just like we don't when we have our first kiss. And to be in a relationship like everyone else. And once I got it, I felt totally empty, totally broken, and it was actually the biggest mistake I ever made in my whole entire life. I was brought up a Christian, mum and dad taught me the Bible, and I knew what was right. I knew that verse that we read before, but I didn't obey it. You know, we often hear stories of Christian women saying they wish they waited until they got married. Joe, for every example you give of someone who wished they'd waited, I can give you a counterexample of someone who deeply regrets that they did wait, or regrets that they rushed into a marriage merely to avoid waiting. Perhaps some of those people will share their stories in the comments here. Neither waiting nor not waiting is a virtue. Know yourself. Don't be told or pressured in either direction. Well, here you are. Here's a Christian man, a red-blooded man looking you in the eyes and saying, I wish I waited. I wish I didn't disobey God. I do like that he's not being sexist with his message. Although nobody should be taught to feel so much guilt and shame from normal, healthy human desires, at least he's not only targeting women with his propaganda. But perhaps now you're watching this video and you're like me and you've made a mess. His message about humility and respect would be fantastic if it wasn't cloaked in the same oppressive nonsense that causes feeling shame and regret in the first place. 
And as I said earlier, God can join you together with a husband or wife and they will forgive. The grace of God is a beautiful thing. And I know I said before that I regret doing it and I do, but in some ways I'm, I'm glad these things have happened to me because they keep you humble. You remember where your feet have been. You remember just what a scumbag you are. The words he chooses also speak to the deep sense of shame purity advocates keep onto young people. Scumbag, sinner, empty, broken. Jesus Christ, man, you just had sex with your girlfriend. You didn't kill her. And how only by the grace of God, only by Jesus' death and resurrection can I ever get to heaven. Because left to my own devices, I'm just a sinner who is rebellious and wicked at heart. It's crucial to note that virginity is a social construct. There's no medical definition for virginity. The hymen, which some girls aren't even born with, is a thin membrane that surrounds the vagina. It stretches. It doesn't break which means guys aren't popping her cherry the first time she has intercourse. In many cases, riding a bike, vigorous exercise, and wearing a tampon can stretch the hymen long before first-time sex anyway. The absence of blood after sexual intercourse does not indicate non-virginity status. We should drop the religious dogma to teach young people facts about their bodies, how it's normal to feel sexual desire, how to prevent unintended pregnancies and sexually transmitted infections, and what is considered ethical, consensual sexual behavior. It's also crucial to note that the concept of sin is meaningless if there's no authority figure whose very nature is offended by whom you love or how you love. If we were indeed created by a creator, they made us to lust and to love. It is only other humans trying to tell you that you're doing it wrong. If you would like more videos on relationship advice, then please do not turn to Joe. Instead, go subscribe to a channel like my guest, Liz LaPointe, a former fellow Christian who gives sex-positive, science-based advice to fight the shame and stigma that can keep people from developing healthy sex lives and relationships. Tellerpology Ascension. And if you've not yet subscribed, please do click the subscribe button right now. Until next time, later.